Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Today we welcome a special guest, Father Caesar. Today in the Gospel we see how important it is to do the will of God. It's something that is essential. And for this, I, I decided to start out with, uh, with something that might be funny. <laughs> I add something so it can be it can be accommodated to the, to the gospel. About a few days ago, I went to a local supermarket to do grocery shopping. And as I was picking out produce, I heard someone calling on my name. Father Caesar, he called. <laughs> How are you? It is nice to see you. And he said, it is nice to see you too. Let me tell you something, Father Caesar, he said. Last Sunday I went to the English Mass at the Grotto, and you were saying Mass. And I learned something very interesting. I learned that you can speak in tongues. And I answered him saying, yes, I know, because every time that I pronounce a word, I stress the wrong syllable. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> so, notice that it is funny. And I, you know, is uh, making fun of myself, too. <laughs> because sometimes when you, when you pronounce something, you change the context. So we know a spoken term, we spoke words, and the spoken term is a conventional sign of a concept. So we have a concept in our minds, or a mental word. Notice that when you do not pronounce well a word, or stress the word syllable, as I do, you change the contest, okay? Because there is no conformity between the terms spoken and the idea. And the same happens when we don't do the will of God. Because God has an idea of us, and we have to conform ourselves to that idea. But it's not easy. It's, it's, a, it's a work, it's a process. We need to work hard, very, very hard, because God is very demanding. And he's demanding because he's our God. And he wants us to be saints. You know, in this sense, Jesus Christ then was given to us by God. As a savior and as master, he came on earth principally to teach us not only by his word, but also by his own example. How we are to love God, our supreme good. We learn from Christ, which is true man. That's one of the reasons we can imitate him, because he's true man, but also he's true God. And as a proof of this, he said to his disciples, I have come that the world may know that I love the Father. 
And as the Father has given me commandments, so do I. It is like saying to show the world the love I bear to the Father, I will execute all his commands. In another place he say, I come down from heaven not to do my own will, but that will of him that sent me. John tells us this. And San Alfonso of Ligori says, devout souls, if you love God and desire to become saints, you must seek his will and wish what he wishes. And he wishes us to be holy. This must be our ambition. And this ambition is licit. This is a lawful ambition. And nobody can impede us to have as an end to be holy in order to be glory to God. It grows from our being. It grows from natural law. He did not create the world with a blind strength like atheistic evolution says that there is a matter that creates everything by chance. He did not create that with a blind strength, but he made all things according to the plans conceived in his eternal wisdom. And we have to conform ourselves. It's like the world has to conform itself by the concept. And we have to conform ourselves to that idea. And from this it follows then that our sanctification consists entirely in conformity to the will of God. And we can ask ourselves, what does our salvation consist of in loving God? That's the answer. That is to say, the perfection of love consists in conforming our will to the will of God. St. Paul says, have charity, which is the bond of perfection. And the reason for this is because the principal effect of love, and this is very important to understand, the principal effect of love is to unite the wills of the lovers so that they may have but one heart, one will. Because sometimes we ask ourselves, well, how can we be one? Because of charity. See, for example, St. Paul, what did the saint do? He did nothing more than offer to God his will. That he might dispose of it as he pleased. He said, Lord, what will you have me to do when he, uh, when he got the grace of conversion? And instantly the Lord declared to Ananias that Saul was a vessel of election, an apostle of the Gentiles. Peter said, Master, in the gospel, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command I will lower the nets. And after that, our Lord said to Peter, do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. Because he was in disposition to do the will of God. We see then that as a holy abbot says, 
that our will is so acceptable to God. This is why we have, we ought to, in our prayers, ask God the grace, because it is a grace, it's something that goes beyond our nature, therefore we need help. To ask the grace, not that we may do what he will, but that we may do all that he wishes us to do. And we certainly know that, but there is, we certainly know, in abstract we know, but it's difficult to put it in practice. There is some difficulty in reducing it to practice. In order to have the facility of this, of doing on our occasions the divine will, we need to offer ourselves continually, day after day, to embrace in peace whatever God ordains or wills. David, for example, is an example of this. He used to say, my heart is ready. God, my heart is ready. Also, it was a constant practice of David to ask the Lord through prayer to do the divine will. Each Teach me to do thy will, he said. And this is why David was a man according to God's heart. And God himself says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man according to my own heart, who shall do all my wills. The holy king was always ready to do whatever God wished him to do. St. Teresa of Avila, for instance, this great saint, well, uh, she, uh, she asked, she offered herself 50 times in the day <laughs> that he may dispose of her as he pleased. But you see the striving of the saints to do the will of God and declare her readiness to embrace either prosperity or adversity. Because the will of God contains those two aspects. We can see that all are prepared to unite themselves to the divine will in prosperity. But perfection consists in conforming to it even in adversity. San Alfonso of Ligori says that to thank God in all things that are agreeable to us is acceptable to him. Yes, it is. But to accept with cheerfulness what is repugnant to our inclinations, to our own inclinations, is still more pleasing to him. A single blessed be God in adversity is better than 6,000 thanksgiving in prosperity. In Proverbs we read, whatsoever shall befall the just man it shall not make him sad. This is his spiritual happiness. In other words, a soul that loves God is not disturbed by any misfortune that may happen to her because that soul knows that God permits all things for our good. And the saints say that he that acts in that manner enjoys peace mysteriously, enjoys peace, embracing the cross. There is peace which the angels announced at the birth of Jesus Christ to men of good will, that is, to those whose wills are united with God's will. Finally, he, 
Finally, those who repose in the divine will are like a man placed above the clouds. They see the lightning and they hear the claps of thunder and the raging of the tempest, namely the fury of the spirit of the world. And he is not injured. They are not injured or disturbed by them. Why? Because his spiritual joy is not subject to the vicissitudes of this life. Let us then, following the example of the saints, always give ourselves into the hands of God, so who so ardently and so anxiously say, in human words, so anxiously and so ardently watches over our eternal salvation. The one who does that, the will of God, during life, despite the difficulties, as the saints will lead a happy life, and will die a holy life. May God give this grace.